0: In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today's guest is Susan, who's going to share with us the story of losing several important people in her life and how she's coping with those losses. So welcome to the Grief Stories podcast, Susan. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you. I'm very Pleased to be
0: here. Hmm. I know it feels funny to say that, but you know we think that talking about grief is so important because it helps. Um, it helps people know that they're not alone. That the grief happens, and when we talk about it, we can normalize the experience of coping with it and and living with it. So thank you for thank you for coming.
1: Thank you. I agree with you hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So can you begin today by just telling me about your experience of loss? You had several losses in a row we talked about before, and and want to just kind of give me an overview of your experience with those losses?
1: Yeah. So um, if I'm going to talk about loss, um, the first loss that I had, which didn't come with the grouping, but um, really prepared me in a sense for what was to come. Was the loss of my brother-in-law? He was 18. I was 21. I had been married six weeks. He was my best friend, and he was killed in a car accident. Um, That, and then, you know, I learned now that there were many lessons I learned then that prepared me for what was to come. Following that, many years later, thankfully, um, when I was 53, so whatever the math is there, my husband died suddenly of a heart attack, um, um, and that was seven years ago in May. Um, he was 54. There were, you know, either then thinking he had the flu for a couple of days um, You know, it was shocking. It was an absolute shocking, devastating loss.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Sudden and unexpected um, and just really, um, that can be a traumatic loss. Um, Traumatic in a different way than losing your 18-year-old brother-in-law in in a car accident. Absolutely. Um, But still, sudden loss is traumatic, often. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, the loss of my husband affected well, me, my children, everyone who loved him. But it, it really, the loss of a husband is a different kind of loss, I think,
0: than mm-hmm. any other. Well, it's, it's, it's your life partner. You're supposed to be doing yeah. things together. You guys were 100%. a team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. In all yeah. aspects, we're a team, you know. And also, yeah. um, you know, it's sort of your future.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. has changed. Everything you had planned.
1: So that yeah. was obviously a huge, huge loss. And um I have three children. They were all um I think twenty four to I don't even think twenty four, maybe twenty one to thirty. I'm not sure exactly their ages.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um clearly, you know, it was a huge loss to all of us and it's taken um, years to sort of, um, regroup as a healthy family, I think mm-hmm. is the words in that, um, you know, because everyone suffers tragedy very differently. And, and, um, I found that male versus female and age and, 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 just where they are in the world makes a huge difference as well. Meaning, you know, I had a son who was married and a daughter, you know, and that's so different. He's already going on his life journey, whereas my youngest was living at home. She wasn't with anyone at the time. And, um, you know, more dependent, I guess, on her father. Not to say that one suffered more than the other. It was no. just different.
0: Really different and and also yeah. leaves you balancing all of their needs on your own when you're yeah. used to having, you know, a tag team approach to taking care of their needs and meeting Absolutely. them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what,
1: one of the lessons I did learn from my brother-in-law's death was um, that I needed to try to be there for my children and not... Um, for good or for bad, not dwell in my grief as much as I did do, because I, I recognize the pain that they were having, because I had suffered so greatly with my Mm -hmm. brother-in-law.
0: Yeah, so you were, you were mindful of the fact that, your children were having this grief experience because you remembered being that kind of age range and how it yeah. impacted you, which made you a little more able to be sensitive and maybe responsive to what they needed when they lost their dad. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I and, tried. Not well, I did, but I really was <laughs> consciously thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And I think we do the best we can. You know, we yeah. really, we all do the best we can in the moment we find ourselves with what we know and have. And, um, and that means that we all make mistakes and don't do as well as we mm-hmm. could have done if we were, you know, if whatever. And, and I yeah. think that's, that's a part of grieving and trying to support other people in grief when we're also grieving ourselves. So, yeah, right. yeah,
1: yeah, hard. Um
0: It is hard. And then you had a couple, you had some other losses come after you lost um, your husband.
1: Yeah. So while my husband, prior to losing my husband, my dad had been fighting um, cancer and heart disease um, to the point where um, many, many people thought that it was him that had died and not my husband um, because that was, sort of, you know, it looked like that was the next step in, 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 in life for him. Mm-hmm. So um, he did end up and he honestly felt so guilty that he was alive. Yeah. It, it was just yeah. crazy. But mm-hmm. he did pass um, about, well, it was December 24th. I know that about a year and a half later, um, he, he passed away. Obviously, you know, he was um, in his late 80s and he was ill. So it was a different kind of death. It was, mm-hmm. it had taken years. And um, although you can never, you never expected even when it happened, um, it wasn't shocking. It wasn't, it wasn't sudden. It was expected. And um, mm-hmm. I, I became very responsible to help my mother with all that, that entailed, you know, um, for her mm-hmm. one, because I'd gone through it and another because I was responsible for their will. So, um, you know, it was a time of, of still grieving certainly for my loss and then, um, adding on more.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it sounds like it, it, um, you know, you had done some anticipatory grieving, we call that, of course, yeah. right? When you know exactly. that it's coming. And yeah. some of that work was done. And and I, I noticed that you said that, you know, it was still a bit of a surprise when it came. And I think that that's such an important point, even though we know someone's diagnosed with a terminal illness. We know the time is coming. When it actually happens, it still catches us off guard because even if we know it's coming, we don't know when or how or what day or what we'll be doing or what they'll be doing. And, and so we have that element. And then you add it into the fact that now you're an expert in what you do when somebody dies because you've had to take care of it when your husband died. And so here you are you know, walking your mum through the steps that you already exactly. knew.
1: I think mm. the other thing about when someone dies, because I've talked to so many, especially widows who have gone through long terminal diseases. And I think that the, what I think is it's final, you know, no matter how much you prepare, death is final. And that's something you just can't wrap your head around. Because even after someone dies, you're still kind of looking for them to call you or to ask them a question. It's just a hard thing for us humans to really wrap our heads around. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we're not, you know, we're not always very good at change. And it's definitely a change in, in their availability to us in the ways that we run (laughs) our days, right? Like our routines are all upside down and changed and, and we're not so great at that process. So I think you're right. It's that the finality of it takes a long time to adjust to and to,
1: Mm. to,
0: um, adapt to.
1: I agree. Um, and so while my father was ill, um, my brother, um, who's about six years older than me, I, me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, was, well, he had to deal with some heart issues, but as well, he was finally diagnosed because we had recognized some issues um, with early onset Alzheimer's. So I'm not sure if he was diagnosed, but we knew we were finally um, dealing with the medical system, knowing that there was something going on with his memory, assuming it was Alzheimer's, but very shocked that someone as young as he had early onset. So that was going on. And that, um, that became my focal point for three very, very difficult, horrible, long years. Mm. Um, Dealing every single day with, um, you know, his every issue that you can imagine, including the fact that he, he still had a son who at that point was um, about 11 and and he was divorced. So, you know, back and forth, getting his son to the home because he couldn't drive. He couldn't really speak. It, it was it was a true nightmare. So that was going on while my father was ill we finally lost my brother at the age of 64 um, just before COVID hit. Thank God Um, Mm. in, in September before, you know, major COVID happened. Um, And that was, again, you know, I was full on completely dealing with him daily hours and hours and hours. And, Mm -hmm. um, Again, I was responsible for his will.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a big commitment to care for someone with dementia. And when you add into it all the logistics of having a younger child, having um, a lot of things to take care of business-wise that way because of the person's young age, you know, you know, and here you are again, the expert in the end of life process and and what happens after.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, with him, he was very young, very strong. And um, so sweet. And he became extremely aggressive. So he Mm -hmm. had, you know, dementia is Alzheimer's is still um, not that common, but early onset is very rare early onset with aggression issues. And I mean, serious aggression issues is extremely rare. So we um, had to keep learning with everybody else because we couldn't even find a safe place for him to live that mm. he wouldn't, you know, um, take his own life or hurt someone else. It, it, it was, it was a mm. horrible, horrible time.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, you mentioned that he died before the pandemic onset really started. And, yeah. um, I and mean, I feel for you because I, I, um, uh, have some experience with having someone in a long-term care type of setting and the pandemic restrictions that were necessary oh. to prevent spread were really, yeah. really hard on someone with yeah. dementia, right? And yeah. and their family and their family.
1: Right? I have a 92-year-old mother who's in a senior's home but she's totally, totally with it and everything else but she was so isolated. The problem was my brother was in order to find anywhere that would take him, we finally found somewhere about an hour away. Mm-hmm. So you know, it just I I yeah. just couldn't imagine how we could have I'm just I think yeah. I am thankful if he was gonna go that he went.
0: Yeah. And and that's a different kind of experience all over again from those the you know, the loss of your brother in law oh. at eighteen, the loss of your husband at um I think you said he was fifty four. Yeah. Um, right. And and then, you know, your brother still also pretty young at 64. Oh, but so young. but that that feeling of relief that you didn't have yeah. to keep dealing with those issues is really yeah. quite of a different feeling, a different type of grief than those other grieves. Right. You know,
1: So you know, you're so right. It was such a different feeling because I really believe that for us. To not be selfish. We needed to let him go because that's what he wanted and that's what he needed. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, losing him, and I guess um, living day to day with such a horrific disease, I found it was overwhelming to lose him, just Mm -hmm. unbearable. And Mm -hmm. maybe part of it was that, you know, my mind had to shift to accepting that death was a good thing. That's, I never thought
0: about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I find for some people is that when you are a caregiver for someone who needs you so very much in every part of the day, um, there's a there's an element that is hard to adjust to when they're suddenly gone. Yeah. So you have also this grief over, over the loss of the caregiving role.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Not necessarily that you wanted to carry it on because it's painful and it's hard and it's a lot of work.
1: No. No.
0: But it's more like, what do you do with yourself now?
1: Well, definitely, because in between my father and my brother, my other brother passed away. And Mm -hmm. um, he died six months after my dad, also incredibly sudden, unexpected. And we were a tag team um, dealing with my other brother, who they're all older than me, but he was younger than the oldest, um, mm. who was going through Alzheimer's. We used to divvy up the work, and I, you know, when he wasn't feeling well, I jokingly said, "Don't you dare go and leave me!" And the next day he did. Oh, <laughs> no. Totally unexpected, and he left. Um, he, all my, both my brothers were married a crazy amount of times and had different age children, but he left a son who was eight. You know, Mm. my 64 year old brother left an eight year old and 40 year old, but, but, um, yeah. So, and a grieving widow of, you know, not even in her 40s. So, it was another crazy experience to go through.
0: Wow. So, so really, five losses over this span of time, starting when you were 23, Mm -hmm. but really each one 21. 21, sorry. I, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I do feelings more than numbers, really. So <laughs> me too, me too,
1: me too. Um, how I get older. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but the 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 sense of you know what I heard you say in the beginning of our talk is that that what you learned when you lost your brother in law so young really laid a foundation for how you would handle and go forward through these other loss experiences. And so it's, it's like, it feels like it was this whirlwind of loss that you were in.
1: It was unbearable. I mean, every time I got up, you know, starting to sort of find my way back into the world as the new me, I would be back in and, and, you know, and oddly enough, or ironically, as this was happening, I kept getting grandchildren, being blessed with grandchildren. So my friends mm-hmm. would say, you only call us if someone's dying or someone's giving birth. Like your life is, you know, really at the highest levels of high and low. It was very strange.
0: Mm. What an interesting contrast, the joy of yeah. welcoming a new life. And at the same time, yeah. you know, the pain of leave of having people leave life, right? And, exactly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And
1: And, obviously those joys were so bittersweet, you know, as they would be not celebrating them together with my husband. But it was strange.
0: So one of the big challenges was this, you know, kind of um, storm of emotions that you were riding, highs and lows and everywhere in between, and really feeling a lot of responsibility. Those were big challenges as you tried to process your grief, process your feelings and and figure out how you were going to kind of carry these stories that are yours now. Mm -hmm. What were some of what would you say were some of the biggest challenges? I think, you know, I mean, we've kind of touched on the fact that there were so many losses so quick together. That was a challenge. Would you say there were some other kind of challenges, things that feel like they were heavy challenges in these losses?
1: Oh, there were so many. I mean, first of all, my mother lost her husband. And her two sons, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then during COVID, she lost her partner and her two sisters. So, um, mm. yeah, so just passed away two days apart.
0: Oh no! So she just really was even more in the eye of the storm, right?
1: Yeah, in and some,
0: yeah, and I think so, you mentioned her age was is ninety.
1: She's ninety two now. Ninety two now. As, with it as as a human can hope to ever be yeah
0: um
1: but in so much pain and she'd been in lockdown for so long so you know having her um create a daily life for her you know with each of the brothers I had to move and sell and buy and just um move everybody forward it's always a process of listening hearing and also um Aside from hearing about their grief and, and being there for them, it's doing all the work that is involved every time somebody passes. It's, it's, it's yes. um, yeah. people who don't know, just do not understand why we are so busy after loss.
0: Mm-hmm. And then so drained, so exhausted. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, it's, it's not unusual at 92 to be losing people in your life, but it still feels like that emotional storm. And it sounds like even though you were in your own storm of grief, you're trying to be steady for your mom.
1: Absolutely. Right? And my sister-in-law and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I think what happened, I believe now, looking back, having I mean, COVID certainly gave me time to reflect. I was so busy, you know, dealing with lawyers and, and, real estate agents and moving and packing and God knows for so many years that I, although I, of course, suffered the grief and loss of each of them, it wasn't until COVID made me stand still that I realized I probably am still grieving more than I want to be. I need to really think about this and, and, you know, figure out what I need for me.
0: Hmm. Well, again, I think that, you know, the shifts that the pandemic brought, um, had a lot of people reflecting. And so it makes a lot of sense to me that you would be reflecting in your grief and on your grief, um, in this time of, you know, this, um, all this uncertainty and change we've lived through in the last 18 months or so. Yeah. And so, um, so what has, you know, what has helped you sort of handle those challenges? What has helped you find some healing? Um, what's, what are you doing that's helping?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I come from parents who've taught me volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. So I've been doing that. And, um, you know, I've been actively searching for ways to volunteer and help and, and use my, um, my life lessons, I guess. And I've found some ways that's been helpful. Um, I've, um, done a lot of walking and thinking, um, in the last little while. And I began to also, I began a, a site for grief, um, that has, you know, 500 or so members on, um, and, um, that's really, I really want to impart knowledge and help to um, help people through. Um, And then I, I've started what we were talking about, which is um, working toward finding um, um, a national day to educate about death and grief. um, Because I think there's so much to learn and there's such a fear of death and, and conversation about grief that too many people are grieving silently um, after they're, being a, they're allotted time by their friends and family, which I think is a lack of understanding by society. It's certainly not because people don't care. I think they're afraid and they don't know what to say and how to behave and what to expect. So um, that's mm-hmm. become a really important focus for me because um, it's kind of like the last frontier, the last taboo that needs to be shattered.
0: And
1: yeah. Yeah. So and, I've been working toward that.
0: And that, so what you're finding is that by volunteering, by helping others, by supporting and them in grief and also sharing information and then really advocating, advocating for grief education, um, bereavement education, death education, um, that that that's helping you because you're channeling this energy of what you've learned through your lived experience into how do we normalize this experience so that people aren't yeah. as shocked um, or as, as um, afraid of it.
1: Yeah, and I think so many people are doing such fabulous work within the grief community, so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's enough work being done in the non grief, I don't know what you call it, community to listen, hear, understand and and lose their fear about death so the two communities can blend together. Properly and respectfully, instead of having you know a huge disjointed um, separation between the two.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of the work that I do in grief, people kind of talk about being kind of on the inside of a new club, you know, bereaved yeah. parents, the bereaved parent club, or the widows yeah. club, or the yeah. different yeah. types of of loss, you know, and it's this sense that um, nobody who hasn't experienced it can understand it or does, and right. so. What you're talking about is taking what people inside those kind of exclusive experience clubs know and making it common knowledge, so that everybody knows how to help when the you know when the baby dies, or how to help after a suicide, or how to help after a sudden unexpected, or or even how to help after um, an unexpected death, that that anybody could show up and help
1: yeah it's kind of like um what bell has done so beautifully for mental health um we don't fear it as much
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: not uh, a taboo subject that can't be discussed someone who has mental health illness now can say out loud i have mental health illness and nobody should i mean you know <laughs> we're, we're learning to not um shun them and yeah. we're learning how to it's some dancing around it we're learning how to deal with it directly and that's not to say that all of us have mental health issues or currently do because i think people go in and out of it plus there's those obviously who um who can't leave it you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um, it's the same thing with death you're going to go into mourning you're going to go out of mourning but just because you aren't mourning or grieving doesn't mean you don't have an obligation and a responsibility to learn about it and, and not run from it
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or shun it.
1: Exactly. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm on so many websites where the first thing people write is um, I have no one else to talk to. So I'm telling you guys, Today's a difficult day, or mm-hmm. I drove by something and it reminded me of someone I'd lost and I just wanted to share. Well,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that's not fair. You should be able to share it with anyone, all your friends and family. And their answer shouldn't be, oh, you need to get past. Their answer should be, Okay, I hear you. And then life goes on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just an acceptance of of grief as part of life. Mm. Um, and yeah. an acceptance of it as as uh, as a part of our our whole human experience. So it's um you know um it's a way what you're doing is really that way of 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 finding meaning and finding purpose in the wake of your losses um and and I'm really grateful that you're doing that work. Thank you for that.
1: Huh. I need a lot of help. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, ideally, ideally, and I think at grief stories, you know, we believe in those things too. We think that the more people that, that know that they're not alone, the more people that know how to help when someone's grieving. Um, that's why we share all the stories that we share so that people can connect with these things and, and have a, an understanding of them, um, in order to be helpful. So we're, we're on the same sort of, um, of track um,
1: Absolutely. you know and yeah. because I've had so much grief in different relationships and also different kinds of death i'm an open book because i'm I'm happy i don't I don't like the word happy, but I welcome sharing
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I know'm I'm, I'm playing it forward because I remember those that came to me when I Needed, I mean, you absolutely need people who are within your club who Mm -hmm. get it, who understand the specific kind of loss. Because I had a terrible time um, because of my age, I couldn't find other people who had lost partners and certainly not to sudden death. Most people, it was, you know, a cancer or or whatever horrible experience (laughs) it was. And it was really difficult for me, and I was really thankful when I did finally find very few, but a few people who experienced similar to what I did. Um, so absolutely, it is imperative that we have our groups and our clubs. Yeah. There, there's, but the two should live together.
0: Yeah, there should be also this broader understanding and acceptance of grief, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's not someone who gets it because yeah. they went through something very similar. Yeah. I agree. And, I agree.
1: Yeah. When you ask, you know, I mean, I have learned so many lessons through my grief that I believe are are making me a better person. Mm-hmm. And um, um those lessons just you know, appreciating life and whatever are also things that you can learn and maybe um develop a greater appreciation of if you if you are studying and, and if it just was something that was discussed. You mm-hmm.
0: know. Well you can take the pain No, you can take the pain and you can feel the pain and be with it, but then you can also transform and and grow. And that means that you have this um this process that is just a part of a full life experience.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, unfortunately we tend to grow, you know, with the hard stuff, not the easy stuff. It's just human nature.
0: It's true. It makes us work. It makes us work and and shift things in a way that we wouldn't if we were comfortable and and everything was easy. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for joining me to share your story and the work that you're doing. I really appreciate that.
1: Oh, I listen, I'm I'm uh, very grateful for everything that you guys are doing and uh, I think it's so valued and valuable and uh, anytime I can help, I'm here.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.